On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we celebrate winter in Canterbury. We delve into some hearty seasonal dining, bask in the brilliance of Matariki, hit the slopes and some hot soaks, and savour the alpine majesty of the Mackenzie. Welcome to winter, welcome to Canterbury. Welcome back to Kiwi Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. Welcome aboard a new edition of Kiwi Tripsters and the launch episode of Season 3. I'm Chris Lynch. I'm Mike Yardley. Great to be with you. It is good to be here. Now, we start off all about winter, all about my hometown, all about the region of Canterbury on this edition as we showcase some of the amazing seasonal pursuits in our own backyard. Yes, there are a stack of wintry delights to tuck into in Christchurch and right across Canterbury. There is, and we want to kind of acknowledge them on this episode. So let's kick things off in our hometown of Christchurch. It's going to be lit with a brand new winter festival to celebrate Matariki. Yes, if you are in Christchurch before July 10, be sure to catch Tirama Mai because the city is lit to celebrate Māori New Year. There's an eye-catching series of lighting installations and artworks and projections that have been put together by some of the city's best lighting artists. And uh, they've been strung around a, a host of locations. So if you go to the Art Centre or the Art Gallery, Victoria Square, the Avon River Precinct, New Regent Street, or even out in New Brighton, you will see them. And the illuminations will take hold every night from 6 o'clock to 11pm. It's always good seeing families go along yeah. and look like they're really enjoying themselves and taking the camera. It is pretty, pretty cool. Mm. Now, of course, the climax of this festival is the much-loved New Brighton Pier Fireworks Display. I mean, this has been going on for decades, hasn't mm. it? And I think, isn't it New Zealand's biggest fireworks spectacular? Well, I think it probably At would be a stage? top contender for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's certainly been very long-running. Um, it obviously was previously staged on Guy Fawkes Day, and it's been folded in to this new uh, Mijia festival. Tirama Mai. So this will be the radiant crescendo to the festival. It will be soundtrack to Kiwi music. So if you are in nice. Christchurch on Saturday, July 10, 7 p.m. is the place to be down at uh, New Brighton for this explosion of colour. You'll be there, Chris. I love colourful things, absolutely. Now, um, I want to just quickly uh, update the audience about some of the great winter dining there is in Christchurch. And mm. I say that sincerely because there are so many great, in fact, more so now, even before uh, the quakes, in yeah. terms of restaurants and dining places, and they're not necessarily expensive. No, that is true. And I think you the know? thing about winter is that I reckon Christchurch's dining scene really hits top gear in the cooler months because we are looking for a bit of indulgence. So if you are looking for some hearty seasonal dining to fuel your belly, obviously you've got the premium offerings along the terrace and at Riverside Market. But alongside those ones, um, here's a couple to add to your checklist. Opposite the art gallery, I love fiddlesticks. It's a fantastic bistro. Uh, mm. And the FFC is what you need to order up. Fiddlesticks fried chicken. It's a time-tested favourite. It comes with green tomato chutney. Um, and for a larger plate selection, 
It is winter. Why not order up Canterbury lamb shoulder served with potatoes and carrot puree and crushed peas? They also do what they call the Fiddlesticks Feature Feast. And this is like a bespoke meal for two that showcases the very best of the restaurant's seasonal menu. Lovely staff there too. Now, we're, I can't believe we're even saying this, but the rooftop bars in Christchurch. Yeah. Now, who would have thought we'd be sitting here talking about rooftop bars? <laughs> but we are, and there's a few, and they're great. They are. Um, No matter the season, the allure of a rooftop bar burns bright. And um, one that I thought we should mention is Mr. Brightside, which is at the top of the refurbished public trust building on Oxford Terrace. So this is adding another dimension to the city's um, hospitality playground. So whether you're up for a pre-dinner cocktail or maybe a late night snack, head to Mr. Brightside because it is a prime spot for nocturnal vitality, you will get an eagle's view from Mr. Brightside on the lighting artworks of Te Rama Mai uh, edging along the um, Avon River precinct. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, another top di- uh, dining destination for me, I would say, can I say it has to be Bloody Mary's. It is a lovely, lovely restaurant. I'm trying to think of the, the hotel that it's kind of based in. Ridges. Yeah, yeah. really, really good food. It's um, one of the places I always go for a very special occasion with my yeah. family. And I have to say, and I'm not just saying this, the staff are so attentive, aren't they? Yeah. And that makes the dining experience top notch. And when it comes to food, thank you very much. Hello. It's pretty good. Fantastic steakhouse there. They've got a secluded whiskey library as well. Um, If you like um, uh, meat, uh, Bloody Mary's sources uh, the finest meat from Canterbury Farms. Check out the menu for all the details. We'll give you the provenance, you know. Where did this lamb come from? Uh, By the way, speaking of whiskey... The last word, down New Regent Street, Yes, they've got this wonderfully snug whiskey and cocktail lounge called The Last Word. I think there's over 300 whiskies available there at Last Report, and they also do a great range of cocktails and so forth. Um, Alex, the owner, is just a self-confessed whiskey geek, so that's a really cool spot to check out. Nice place to go to after you've been to watch a performance at the Isaac Theatre Royal. Yeah. It's always um, plenty of room. Yep. Never feels too packed mm. and a lovely atmosphere. It is, eh? They've got two yeah. really nice lamps there too at the very top. Excellent. Anyway, um, I want to talk to you also about a good old cosy English pub that is a favourite of mine as well, but particularly, can I say the Sunday Roast, mm. good coffee, um, always a great atmosphere, very busy, but in a good way, got to be Pomeroy's. Yeah, absolutely. It's a a Kilmore Street establishment. It's been owned and operated by the same family for over 20 years. So, yeah, that's a real Mm. mainstay of Christchurch hospitality. By the way, if you fancy a hot dip, um, there is, of course, out in New Brighton, uh, the Heipuna Tai Moana Complex, which has refreshed the whole seaside scene in New Brighton with their hot pools. Um, there are five luxurious hot pools there. They've got a plunge pool and a steam room, and you can do all of that bathing while gazing at the pounding Pacific Ocean. It is still so popular, is, this place, yeah. so that you do actually have to book in advance. Mm. So Every time are, I walk past, it's always busy. I have to yeah. say, you know, I still haven't had a chance to do it. Neither. <laughs> but so, it's always so busy. And it is. In a good way. But yeah. I like the fact you have to pre-book so they only let a certain number of people in. Yes. So when I walk past, it doesn't. Or it never feels busy. It feels just about right in terms of, you know, customers, right? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, speaking of the elements, if you want to go polar, 
This place is routinely rated as one of the city's greatest experiences, the International Antarctic Centre. Mm. Uh, they've got such a feast of multi-sensory encounters with our frozen continent to the south. So you can journey through modern-day Antarctica, you can learn about the human impact on the continent, uh, check out wildlife and ecosystems. Uh, you can brave an Antarctic storm. It's sort of like a, a simulator, which is really cool. Uh, go off-road in a Hagland ride. Befriend a husky. That's what Chris Lynch likes to do there. Uh, you can mingle with penguins and experience Antarctica from all four dimensions with their 4D theatre. Really good fun. You're with Kiwi Scriptures as we indulge in some of Canterbury's greatest winter activities and things to do. Now, one of my favourites, I say this all the time, you've got to go to the Mackenzie country. You've got to go to what I would describe it as heartland New Zealand. Totally. And if there's a silver lining to COVID, the global forest of selfie sticks is still conspicuously absent in the Mackenzie, particularly at places like outside the Church of the Good Shepherd in Tekapur. You're a fan of Tekapur, Chris. I am. And just because it's topography, it's geology, it's geography, everything is different. Mm. When you go to the Mackenzie country, you feel like you're in the Mackenzie country. There's something very masterful, very... um. It is different to going to, say, Southland. It's different to going to Central Otago. It has everything you need if you really love photography, particularly nighttime stargazing, right? Totally. And you will definitely want to surrender to the alpine bathing glory of Tekapur Springs. I know we're talking about a lot of hot pools on this edition. Why not? It's winter. Well, that's it. And mercifully, at Tekapur Springs, the changing rooms are as toasty as a Finnish sauna before you have to... Submit yourself to maybe five, six seconds of icy air as you dash at a rather brisk pace to the three hot pools gracing the outdoor mm. facility. Um, they've got Oahu, Pukaki, and Tekapur as the pools. Tekapur is the adults-only pool, so that's the one you want to go for. Um, and you've got all of that wraparound alpine splendor as you give yourself a good soak. But it is family appropriate. We're just saying that because we don't have kids, aren't we? Well, I <laughs> like it's a lovely pool. pool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe I'm just... No squawking kids in the pool. Oh, you're so rude. <laughs> um, I want to take us back to the stargazing yes. in the Southern Hemisphere's largest dark sky reserve. Of course, it's a UNESCO base now. It's got all the bells and whistles that go yeah. with the dark sky. Um, wow. It's... Incredible. It's incredible. And all the street lights yes. are specifically made so they don't interfere with the night sky and what you can see, which is That's right. They're hooded. lovely. Yeah. Amazing, eh? It is. Tekapur Springs, they do guided tours of the night sky. They're absolutely superb. It's one thing to gaze up at heavenly features um, without really knowing what you're looking at, which is where I think a guided tour being suitably navigated just brings it all to life. Mm. And it's the Milky Way's powdered depth and texture, its galactic core that kept mesmerising me at Tekapur Springs recently. The tour is a really good blend of astronomy and storytelling. And, of course, you've got those hot pools as well for a soak in the stars. The clarity of the skies is just sensational at Tekapur, Chris, isn't it? Yeah. And in July, I um, only discovered this recently, if you go there in July – you will see the gas giants Jupiter and Saturn come out to play earlier in the evening. Um, normally, you know, they're, they're, they're late nighters. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that razor-sharp clarity is what 
absolutely underscores Tekapo's astro-tourism appeal. And of course, uh, close by, Araki, Mount Cook, the National Park is pretty much um, in the neighbourhood, isn't it? And uh, yeah. well, I'm going to hit there soon, actually, again, for a wee break. Once again, it's a place that is so unique to New Zealand. It is different. It feels isolated, but it feels like you're on holiday, even mm. if it's just a couple of uh, days or a couple of nights stay. So blissed out, absolutely. Mm. So from Tekapo, yeah, drive around Pukaki to the Mount oh. Cook turnoff. Pukaki is just a masterpiece in its own right, isn't it? The colour yeah. of that water is just spellbinding. Um, but as you drive closer and closer to our highest mountain, I just love the landscapes and just at this time of year, how snow-draped they are, um, set against normally a very pale blue sky. It is just like you're in a photo shoot of theatrical vertical grandeur. And arriving at Mount Cook Village, you've got so many different walking opportunities uh, awaiting you. The good thing about this area too is if you're not the best photographer, you will be just by, you can't actually make a or, or create a bad photo. Yeah, that's true. You just point towards the sky, the mountains and press click and it is beautiful. And also, you don't have to be a Sir Edmund Hillary uh, or some kind of hardy mountain goat <laughs> to tackle some of the nearby mountains. There are plenty of friendly walkways to get you to some of the most beautiful scenic images yeah. you'll ever see. Amongst those people I know who have only recently been there for the first time, that's what blew them away, how easy the walks are and how intimate they are with the wilderness. You know, you'll get blissfully up close with our highest peaks and glaciers. Uh, the Hooker Valley Track is a gentle three-hour jaunt, um, and that gets you right up close with the Mula and Hooker Glacier. You'll get sparkling views of Mount Cook in the Southern Alps. I really like the Kia Point Track, which starts from the Hermitage. It's about a two-hour return walk, very flat, lots of golden tussocks, and uh, that leads you to the Mula Glacier Lake. And what I love about this is when you get up to uh, the terminal of Mueller Glacier, you'll hear these thunderous booms of carving ice and it's uh, the ice breaking away from the glacier at its terminal. I'm just taking myself there now, actually. <laughs> you look like, like you have. Yeah. I would also recommend, though, make sure you check the weather. Yes. Because uh, it's an times, alpine environment. Yes. All the yes. times I've been, it's always been a bit overcast. Yes. And then the next day, I'll be leaving, and my friend will take a lovely photo on Facebook. Yep. And it's a clear blue sky day. Yep. And it is just simply worth even staying an additional night. That's right. To get that nice image, yep. right? Totally. Listen to me. Um, the Tasman Valley is also a must-see attraction too. Yeah. There's different ways to see it. There are. If you want to walk it, um, it's just a 40-minute return walk to the Tasman Glacier Lake, and you'll go past the Blue Lakes to reach the viewpoint of Tasman Glacier's moraine walls, and they lord over the the lake, the terminal lake. At this time of year, um, you'll either see icebergs in the lake or quite often it will freeze over as winter progresses. So it is, once again, just like this spectacle of unplugged drama. And those views heading south, the southward views across Tasman Valley, are insanely beautiful. Rug up and lap it up. Nicely said. Just did we indulge in the winter treats of Methven and, of course, Hamner Springs, plus Mike talks to the boss of Mount Hutsky area. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. Celebrate the elements, celebrate winter in the heart of the South. 
fresh bluebird days and snow-clad adventure. For more tips and insider recommendations on exploring Christchurch and Canterbury this winter, check out the official website chock fill with trip inspiration, ChristchurchNZ.com. You're with Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Mike Yardley. Now let's hit the slopes. And joining us from Mount Hutt, Ski Area Manager James McKenzie. Good to have you aboard, James. It's great to be speaking to you, Mike. The season is underway. Has June ushered in a decent snow base to the mountain? Yeah, we've been very fortunate, really. The temperatures have been very, very mild for this time of year. Um, There hasn't been a lot of natural snow, um, but we did get a a decent snowfall just at the end of May. Uh, There was a big weather event that hit Canterbury, particularly uh, worse than any other area, and that left us at about a three-metre snow base at the top of the mountain, which is quite extraordinary. I don't think we've ever had a a snow base quite that deep at the top. Uh, It does dwindle as you head further down because the freezing levels are a bit marginal, but we're still pretty happy. 50 centimetres in the base is pretty awesome. Now, of course, uh, one of the uh, the big new novelties uh, for the season, and there's been a lot of buzz about this, the Norwest Express, this new eight-seater chairlift. Tell us all about it, James. Well, it's going to solve a lot of problems for us. Uh, our old fixed-gripped uh, four-seater chairlift had been in there since the ni- uh, early 1990s, so it was pretty old. It was time for it to sort of sort of hang up and uh, and uh, you know move on to the next, uh, the latest technology and the and, and better equipment. But at the same time, as I say, it solves a lot of problems for us. Uh, the old lift uh, attached to the cable, the chairs came around really fast. It was really hard for our beginners to progress into the sort of the next level of the mountain. Um, it was quite a disconcerting experience trying to get on the lift, trying to get off the lift with the chairs moving so fast. And um, and so with this new lift, the chairs obviously come off the ta- uh, off the cable, it's attached, and the chairs are moving around about half the speed. And also the time between the chairs coming through the terminal, collecting the guests as they go up the line, uh, is about twice what they had previously. So there's more time to get on the chair. The chair's moving slower, uh, and there's even a conveyor um, conveyor at the sort of the beginning of that chair. So you don't actually have to pull your way along to get onto the the, sort of the loading point. So in that in that way, it's safer and it's a better experience for the beginners. But operationally, it's going to transform us because we've got, um, you know, the chairs are really quite big, eight-seater chairlift. They're very heavy. They don't swing around in the wind. But if there is a wind, they've got a special chair swing dampener on them, which um, which cuts out some of the, um, the the swing that you'd otherwise get. So that means we can run the chairlift in slightly stronger winds than we were able to previously, which means that Mount Hutt will be able to stay open for more days each season, which which is a fantastic thing for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually feeling very nostalgic as you talk about that old lift because I know I had some very embarrassing moments on it um, early on in my skiing uh, life, James. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not alone on that one. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was it was stop start the whole time. You know, people were always falling either at the start or at the end of the lift. So, what would have been should have been a five or six minute uh, journey time. Would, yeah. nor, would would usually take five, you know ten to twelve minutes because of all the slows and stops. Um, Absolutely, this, this new lift will get you to the top in two minutes. So you know it does mean that we can we can get through a lot more people over a short yeah. space of time. It reduces the congestion uh, in the base area, and it just means more people uh, have more time on the snow. Yeah, that's tremendous. Now, of course, Mount Hutt constantly scoops uh, the big gong as New Zealand's top ski resort. What is it that you think sets Mount Hutt apart, James? 
Yeah, well, we've thought about this for a long time because there is some, you know, pretty strong competition out there. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, I think it comes down to our team and uh, the, the experience that our guests get from engaging with our team. It's a really great sort of family vibe up here. Everyone cares uh, about the experience that our guests are having. And uh, we really sort of drum that into our staff. The return staff get it. Uh, and the new staff that we find that come here, uh, we're able to pick the, the, the best of the bunch. Uh, and so we recruit really well. We get some really good people on board. And they just understand what we're trying to achieve, um, our, you know, our vision around, you know, uh, giving that great service and sharing our love of the snow with uh, with those that come up to the mountain. Obviously, last year was very much exclusively dependent on domestics. What about um, the season ahead? Are you expecting a reasonable uptake from Australians? Yeah, um, it, it, there should be a shift this year for sure. We don't think we'll get back to you know, pre-COVID levels of, um, say, you know, international visitation but uh, the Australians used to make up the lion's share of our international guests. Um, and for Mount Hutt, that was about 10% of our guests. So this year, maybe we'll see, you know, 5% of our guests come through from Australia. It's still great to see that, um, you know, Queensland, New South Wales are still, um, you know, able to travel. Melbourne opening mm-hmm. up as well now. So it's, it's uh, you know, we're, we've got a lot of people telling us that they can't wait to get here. So we are excited yeah. about that and uh, we should see a real uplift from that. Fantastic. And for newbies to the slopes, let's suppose I live in the North Island and I'm planning a visit to Canterbury this winter. What could my family expect as first timers to Mount Hutt? Well, it's, we're trying to make it as easy as possible. We've got um, you know everything that you really need for your day out on the mountain here. You can pitch up to um, to, uh, to your accommodation in Methven. You uh, we have transport running out of Methven up to the mountain. Really comfortable, safe uh, buses. Uh, and then they'll drop you off right at the door where you can get your rental gear and your clothing um, and then go straight out onto the slopes and meet our instructing team. And then we've got some really good introductory terrain for those that haven't skied before, uh, accessed by conveyor lifts. So a lot easier than what it used to be in the past when you had to sort of hold onto a rope toe or uh, get dragged along by a drag lift. So the conveyors make it really easy to get out onto onto the easy slopes and learn the the skills that you need to get out onto the chairlifts. And then the transition, and this can happen relatively quickly, the transition onto the chairlifts can happen within the first or second day of your uh, experience of skiing, uh, and then, you know, the world's your oyster. So, But, you know, having a, a big pool of instructors, having all the rental gear and everything on the mountain just makes it a lot easier. That's great. Now, you mentioned Methven, and uh, obviously alongside the ski area, there is a lot of buzz about the hot pools and spa that are taking shape in Methven. Tell us about Opuki. Opuki, thermal pools and spa. Well, it's been a long time coming. We've uh, been working on this project for many years, um, but we are just months away from opening. So towards the tail end of winter, the pools will open. There'll be um, the first hot pools uh, and thermal pools in uh, the Southern Hemisphere, and we think actually in the world, that are entirely heated by solar heating. So uh, we have a big array of solar thermal panels uh, on the sort of south side of our site. It's quite an impressive site, and uh, that's generating about a megawatt of energy that we use to directly heat our pools. So very impressive just from that point of view. Um, the, the pools themselves, we kind of split it into two very separate experiences. There's a family experience and then there's an adult exclusive experience. In the family side, we have all the things you'd expect in a family pools, really neat little pools, caves, starlight ceilings, jump pool for the kids because often you go somewhere and the kids aren't allowed to jump into the pool. I reckon parents will be in, into that as well. 
And then there's a, there's a really cool crazy river with some water cannons and things like that, but varying temperatures in those pools. So the kids can enjoy a slightly, you know, more active swimming session and slightly lower temperatures, but the parents can be actively supervising from very close by in much warmer water. So up at that sort of 39, 40 degrees. So that's just a really nice temperature to be in the pools. And obviously in the summer, you just bring that down a little bit. But then yeah. if you go over across the other side, the adults, they have um, a, a very sort of, uh, we've got a very sort of capacity limited sort of experience there. So don't try to th- uh, throw too many people into a pookie. It's really just, uh, you know, you should turn up and you feel like you've got the place to yourself in some sense. But um, yeah, in the adults exclusive experience, you have a full spa um, with your massage therapies, beauty uh, therapies and, and so on, saunas and steam, uh, lots of mud uh, skin treatment um, sort of opportunities, and then we've also got a you know a restaurant and a swim up bar and all those sorts of things that you'd really want to, as an adult a licensed swim up bar and a hot pool. It seems like a pretty ideal thing. Oh, so certainly, incredible. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. Now that will be a game changer for Methven, won't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a big inve- it's a big investment for this sort of area, um, and um, it definitely uh, means that more people will be coming into Methan over the course of the winter, but also through the through the entire year, which will really help mm. Methan uh, as a community because at the moment we're very reliant on that sort of seasonal business uh, with the mountain. So it does just creates that continuity for for those businesses that do find it quite tough uh, through the summer months. Absolutely. Well, James, all the very best for a bumper ski season and. Uh, Good luck with the pools. They uh, sound highly enticing. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. You're with Kiwi Tripsters. Gee, those uh, new pools in Methven sound absolutely fantastic, Mike. Yes, I like the idea of the swim-up bar in a hot pool. Adults only, Chris. No squawking kids. (laughs) That sounds very, very good. Mm. I, uh, and families can go this, be quiet, please. Yes. Um, listen, if you're into your more outdoorsy adventure type attractions in Methven, um, there are plenty of things to do, actually. Uh, whether you want to um, get high, get wet, or get a bit dirty, and I mean that in the the nice kind of tones. Thank you, Mike. Yes. The, this is like a bit of a marketing gimmick. Apparently, there is this package called Get High, Get Wet, Get Dirty. So what it entails is a hot air ballooning ride with adventure ballooning. Yes. Rocking the Rakaia Gorge on a Discovery jet boat tour. That's the wet dimension. Wow, that'd be cool. And then letting rip in a UTV on a four-kilometre riverside track with Dirt Bandits. That's the name of the company. I love that name, Dirt Bandits. So that's the Get Dirt. Dirty, but obviously. Uh, They do guided and self-drive experiences uh, on their track, and it's a purpose-built UTV circuit. These are the attractions I think many of us probably have never done before. Yeah. But if you do them... You'll want to go back and do it again. And tell a friend. Yeah, Yeah, and I think this is all good. This is all great stuff about trying, not just sort of saying we're supporting the local market, but actually once you do it, it's not a chore. It's actually great fun. Totally. And And you kind of feel ignorant for not doing it in the past. Yeah, and a lot of these activities are like hidden gems that probably don't get the spotlight they deserve. Which is kind of a good thing because you can always get a good, decent booking. That's true. Yeah. now, tell me, I haven't, to be honest, had much to do with the food scene in Methan, but there's a little bit going on, isn't there? There's a popular cafe that you've been to, you were telling me before. There is. Methan is very proud to be home to the Top Country oh, Cafe. That's right. Yes, of course. Yes. So it's owned and operated by Dame Linda Top and her wife Donna. They opened it about three years ago. Um, Jules is, is, is involved as well. Um, but it's become this year-round destination for Hungry Bellies. Their coffee is superb. 
They do really fresh, tasty meals and awesome cabinet food. So a great stop in Methven. They've actually got a good pub scene too, don't they? Yes. You will know that, of course, Chris, they've got those two grand old hotels on either side of the main drag, yeah. uh, the Blue Pub and the Brown Pub. Yeah. They are both really lively, atmospheric, upri-ski social honeypots at this time of year. The Blue, um, and obviously there's a lot of rivalry between the two of them, but the Blue likes to think that it's actually one of Canterbury's major live venues for music because so many renowned artists have played in the Blue Pub, either in the main bar or in Samuel's Summit Bar uh, where the bigger touring bands rock it. So you never know who you'll uh, be rubbing shoulders with at the Blue Pub. Now, um, you were saying before, Methven's got a bit of a top-rating dining venue, isn't it, called the, the Dubliner? Is it the Irish? The Dubliner? The du- yes. Yeah, the Dub. Well, how do you say it? Dubliner. How are you trying to say it? The Dubliner? I was going to call it the Dubliner. Sounds like a ship. The Dubliner. I prefer that, actually. <laughs> the Dubliner. I think someone's been on the... Um, on the Guinness, <laughs> the Dubliner Irish Bar and Restaurant. Not to be confused with the Dubliner, thank no. you. No. Okay. Uh, now, this is owned and operated <laughs> by Gary and Karen Manning. Uh, they opened it about six years ago. They have been showered with so many awards. The building is really cool in itself because it was the old post office in Methven, and when they redeveloped it into this Irish bar and restaurant, they retained a lot of its original features. So you can see like the postmaster's lockers in the pub and the original bank safe. It's really charming, warm and cosy, um, great food, great music, great crack, fabulous menu. It's hard to go past Murphy's Stout Pie with creamy mashed potato. How wintry is that? Or traditional Irish stew with brown Irish soda bread. Um, Also in Methven, another top spot for good nosh, Shackleton's Bar and Grill at Brinkley Resort. Um, They do really good heartland dining with beautifully executed culinary flair, reaching deep into so much of mid-Canterbury's local produce. You mean they do great crackling? Is that what you meant? No, crack. It's the Irish word for spirit, you know. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like they do great crack. It's like like good atmos, good crack. Just as well. Uh, I thought you meant when you said they do great crack, I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, now before we wrap up, uh, since we've been talking so much about Canterbury's love affair with Hot Pools, we've got to mention Hamner Springs, Mike. Totally, yes. Just 90 minutes north of Christchurch, Hamner Springs Thermal Pools and Spa. This really is next to level aquatic luxuriance. Luxurious. Chris loves a bit of luxurious. I do, and, and they've got their own private spa pools as well, which yes. suits me just nicely, thank you. Yes, no squawking kids. Uh, but you've got well, a no range people. of <laughs> you've, No, that's true. You've got a range of, what, 22 outdoor thermal pools at Hanma. It's and a be massive fair, complex. You can almost get your own private pool by being there too. There's always that's nice true. little wee areas we can go where it's not popular by too many people. Top tip, yes. go there on a weeknight in okay. winter. And you may well have some of those pools to yourself. Um, or Either that or I was just incredibly lucky last winter. But it is such a cool place. And mm. obviously winter accentuates the entire experience because you are surrounded by those towering redwood trees, the snow-dappled mountains. Just sit, soak, and escape. Yeah. And I want to talk about uh, the, the village and its very own winter festival in July. This is new. This is unique. But the village, when they put on a festival, a parade, a display, an art show, they go all out. Definitely. And I'm sure the Alpine Winter Festival, yeah, is going to be 
uh, a cracker. They've got a full calendar of events. Now, this is on right throughout July. So there's ice skating, there's drive-in movies, there's a masquerade ball, there's a yoga retreat, uh, golden oldies, rugby games, so much more. And you know how much of a Christmas freak I am. I am so excited about this. At the Hanmer Springs Alpine Winter Festival, Christmas is going to come early because they're going to have a festive lights competition, Chris. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That'll be good. Um, just speaking about Christmas things, the best Christmas parade I've ever seen is has to be in Hamner Springs. Yeah. It is just beautiful. Okay. It, it is really, really lovely. It really feels like you are in an Alpine village setting from a movie. They put on a great display. They really do. Awesome. Um, that's it for now. Be sure to like us on our Facebook page. The show notes are always available on the website as well at kiwitripsters.co.nz. Plus, we would love you to race and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. Our winter articles on Christchurch and Canterbury are now available on fortheloveoftravel.net.nz. We will see you soon, about two weeks' time. Stay well, stay warm, and stay safe. Take care. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. 